We welcome you this morning. For those watching online, we welcome. Thank you for joining us. It is Pentecostal Sunday. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Let's confess our vision this morning. Ready? We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God, and we make an internal impact in the lives of others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We glorify your name this morning. Thank you, Father God. We open our hearts right now, Father. Lord, we just come before you with open hearts. And we just yield to your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you do your thing this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing. Thank you, Lord. We just make that connection right now, Lord. And we just come before your presence, Father. And just worship and love on you this morning. Thank you, Lord. We welcome you here. Thank you, Father God.
Spirit came and fell upon each and every person that was there. 
each other where they all begin to speak with new tongues and they connected right to, to heaven and the place started shaking so this morning let's just yield to the Holy Spirit he's in us, he's with us and let's just yield to him, to him and, and speak in our heavenly language our gift
I thank you, Father, that there is nothing impossible for you to do. And so, Father, you know what's before her, and we know that you can order the doctor's hands. In Jesus' name, the surgeon's hands are directed by you. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that this will go quickly. It will go with no complications from beginning to end. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for a speedy recovery in the name of Jesus. And that her atmosphere and environment around her will be conducive to healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak against you, devil, and I tell you, you have no place in her life, in her home, in her family. In Jesus' name. She is the healed of the Lord, spirit, soul, emotionally, and in her body. In Jesus' name. We forbid you to have any more access to her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Healed and whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord of God, what are we standing with you in faith for? Amen. And a mystery disease that goes with it. Okay. And they can't find it. Okay. Right. All right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift my brother up to you. We come against AFib right now, and whatever it is that's attached himself, itself to him, in the name of Jesus. They don't have a name for it, but there is a name. <laughs> We're calling you a mystery. And, and you've got to bow to the name of Jesus in his body. He surrendered to the Lord many years ago. And so he belongs to Jesus. He belongs to the healer. And so we speak to your body right now. You align with Jesus. You align with the word of God right now. And in Jesus' name, we call you healed and whole. We call your heart and every part of you to function in the way it was created to function and even better than what it started with in jesus name restore restoration better than it was better than it was better than it was in jesus name fully restored in jesus name amen glory to god what are we believing for yeah yeah all right in jesus name I thank you, Father God, for a complete and total healing in this body. Spirit, soul, and body. Emotionally, in every way. I thank you, Father. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I thank you, Father God, that she, when she lays down to sleep, she sleeps. Sleep comes to her so fast. <laughs> in Jesus' name, you give your beloved sleep, and she's your beloved. And so I thank you that you keep her in perfect peace. <laughs> in perfect peace. And I thank you that joy is restored. In Jesus' name. Healed and whole. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He continues to work in you. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, for the left knee meniscus. We thank you. I know people who have had to have surgery and to, to, to fix that. But right now, Holy Spirit, go to work in her right now. Angels, go do that operation right now. I thank you that it's healed and whole in the name of Jesus. I thank you that movement is restored.
destruction, anything that is, is disrupting the natural flow and order of that need, we call you to come into divine order in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> we call her healed and whole. The anointing oil of the Holy Ghost flows in you right now from the top of your head and settles on that need. In Jesus' name. Ho, 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 ho. Ha, 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 ha. No more pain in Jesus' name. You just keep saying that. No more pain in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm healed and I'm whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. What do we say? I praise the name of Jesus. All right. We want that to go. We need your hand. <laughs> I hold your hand. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you are the God that heals and delivers, set free. And right now, in the name of Jesus, arthritis, you have to bow your knee to the Redeemer, to the Savior, to the one who took all of our pain. He took arthritis many years ago from her, and she does not have to have it. In Jesus' name, we come against inflammation. We come against it right now in Jesus' name. Devil, you take your hands off of her. She is God's property. And right now in Jesus' name, we call your hands to come into divine order. All your joints, blood, everything comes to divine order right now in Jesus' name. You align with the word of God and you leave her body pain right now in Jesus' name. She is free to do what she needs to do. Hallelujah. No discomfort. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now thank God for his healing and miraculous power. Do you believe that he's a miracle worker? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Glory to God. Glory to God. We'll greet one another before you sit down today. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, King. God bless you this morning. Good morning, Father South Family Church. It is Nasha Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. I would like to first take this opportunity to welcome all of our guests, all of our first-time visitors. Come on, Father South Family Church. Let's go ahead and welcome them. We thank God for you. We pray that as you walked in the sanctuary this morning, you felt and experienced the love of God. And we would love to connect with you further. You should have received the welcome packet and you should have also received a connection card. We ask that you kindly fill out that connection card and turn it in during our offering time because we have a gift for you. And we don't want you to leave without your gift. Again, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We hope that you continue to enjoy the service and that you come back and worship with us very, very soon. Please be sure to pick up a June calendar on the back table in the foyer. There are a lot of things happening at Father's House Family Church in this month, and we don't want you to miss anything, all right? And one of the things that's taking place right now is a back 
Impact Community Impact Opportunity. You can read all about it on the backside of the calendar. You can pick one up on your way out if you haven't already. The backpack drive is going to start today and we're going to carry it on through July the 31st. So you can find out all about it by picking up a calendar. Stay connected, stay informed because there's a lot of things happening right here at Father's House Family Church. Kingdom couples, I want to remind you about our next outing. It's going to take place on June the 25th. That's a Saturday. And we are going to take a ferry from Providence, Rhode Island to Newport, Rhode Island. We're going to spend a day sightseeing, shopping. We're going to have lunch together. It's going to be an amazing time to get out and enjoy some sunshine and enjoy one another. And we hope that you have plans to join us. We would like for you to let us know today after the service if you will be attending and we're going to go ahead and purchase a group tickets for everyone and then you have time, you have another week to go ahead and reimburse the church on your offering or online during offering for the $44 per couple. All right, that's $44 per couple, not per person. And this covers your round trip ferry tickets for both. All right, we cannot wait to see you on June 25th. If you have any questions about it, see myself or my husband, Craig Barton. Lit You will be hosting a fundraiser breakfast right here at Father's House Family Church on June the 26th at 9.15 a.m. That's going to be right before our morning worship service. This is an amazing opportunity to support our youth as they cook breakfast for us. I believe it's going to be good, too. So you don't have to worry about breakfast that morning. Just come on to church, and it's going to be $5 per breakfast. This is going to help them with their upcoming activities. Amen. So let's come out, support them, and be a blessing to them. Amen. And last but certainly not least, please do not forget parents, um, graduates, to see Christina Clark by next Sunday with all the information that she needs. There's a little form that she's gonna have you fill out very quick um, so that we can celebrate you properly on June the 26th, amen? So make sure you see Christina Clark. It doesn't matter where you're graduating from. We cannot wait to celebrate you. We cannot wait to just thank God for all of your accomplishments on June the 26th. And that concludes our announcements for today. At this time, it's time to give. Amen, and we're excited about giving, so we're going to call Mr. Eric Murphy up to receive our offering today. Let's receive him. Good morning. Pastor didn't tell me she was going to start singing earlier, so forgive me. I'm like thinking, Holy Spirit, where were you on that one? But he's always with us. How's everybody doing? I got my new shoes on today. Nobody asked me how fast I can run in these things yet, so I'm still waiting. Pentecost Sunday, I'm excited. Is there a fire above my head? Nah, it's burning inside, it's burning inside. One thing I wanna correct from the last time I was up here during offering was when I said about people that question us when we give to God and they, they can't believe it and they're like dropping hundreds of dollars at Foxwoods or on scratch tickets or whatever that might be. When I said uneducated, I meant they're not reading the Bible and what the word says, and they're not believing what's true about the Bible, that everything in the Bible is the truth. So I just wanted to say that before I move on. And today's going to be real simple. Since it is Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 
when it comes to giving, for example, I'm just going to talk about myself real quick. When it comes to me giving, I pray on it. And I have a salary that I make, so it's the same money every week. And then so my tithe is the same every week. And then when the unction comes and the Holy Spirit says, well, give more, then I'll listen to what he says, and he blesses me according. But you have to believe that. The one thing you have to remember, though, is that if, you know, you give your tithe, give an offering over and above, and I'm talking about working for the Lord, too, and you ask him for something, you only have to ask him once. Every single time you think about what it is that you ask him for, after that, you thank him. Because faith says that you believe that you receive it, right? So that's important because if you ask him for something, then you thank him, and then the next day you thank him, and then on Wednesday or Thursday you say, Lord, I'm still believing for that new house or that car or a pay raise or a new job. You just lost that, lost that faith. There's other preachers that said that. I kind of got that from, from them. But it's a good point to make because sometimes we might think even after a year or two, Lord, I asked you for that. Continue to thank him. There's somebody that was talking about oil on their property that they couldn't get to, and it took them 30 years, and then they became a millionaire. So we can't start with our faith. So speaking on the Holy Spirit, there's one step that you have to have before you get to the prayer of the Holy Spirit and you receive, you know, speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit. Some people get freaked out when they hear praying in tongues. So if you don't know about what it says about it in the Bible about praying in tongues, you can say praying in the Spirit to people that are kind of nervous about it. So the first thing is Romans 3.22. You guys can go ahead and pass out the envelopes unless they already, we already did. Wow. So we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. We get saved first. Right? Everyone who believes, it doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, how old you are, as long as you're old enough to understand what Jesus did on the cross. And then we'll get into following the Holy Spirit's lead, Romans 8, 14. Keeping it real simple. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And when you're saved, you're a child of God. And you'll get the Holy Spirit. The more you read the Bible and meditate on the Word, the louder the Holy Spirit's voice will be inside you. You can't forget that either. Romans 8, verses 26 through 27. Do we get 26? There we go. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. There's that praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. We're not exactly sure what we're praying for, but whatever our hearts desire, the, the, ho- the Lord will, will bless us. You don't always have to know what you're praying for. That's key, too, because we always want to know the answers right away. So you have to be patient and have faith in the Lord. And then Romans 16, I think I did verses 13. 13 through 15. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. 
to you tell you about the future. That's Jesus telling us this. That's Jesus telling us this. Whoever believes in Jesus. So when it comes to giving, follow what the Holy Spirit says. If he just says, tithe for this week, you don't have to give above and beyond, just do what he says. And you'll stay in the will of God. Amen? Now we can all stand. We'll do our confession. First of all, we'll talk about the roof real quick. Last week we received 166. We have 11,662 remaining. Yes. We're givers in this church. That's above and beyond what people are tithing. And the, re the total we received is $5,338. So the remaining 11662 that's going to be paid off when this building is sold. But we, the more we get it down, the less we'll have to take from what we sell the building for to put towards the roof. And that money will go towards the new building and the, pro and the land that we're getting. And one quick thing I want to mention before we read our, our confession is if you're a Dayton resident, please go to the voting on Monday night. It's at the town hall. It's at the high school, Dayton Rehoboth High School. Article 30, it's about acquiring the building. We don't, the town does not have to pay taxes to raise money to buy this building. They have that from a, from a Recovery Act fund. So everybody that goes there, say yay. Right, Donna? Yay. And make sure you're real loud. Yay, not nay. We're not horses. Just say yay. Now let's get ready to read. Ready? Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions. Settlements, estates, and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hand great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command to, har to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can come bring your offerings up and put them in the bucket if you need to. One thing that happened to us, I'm not sure if it was at the beginning of this week or if it was last week, I had in my heart that we were getting <laughs> money in the mailbox as we normally do, even if it was a, if it was a penny that one time. He said it too. Oh, I was going to say we we're getting... We're going to receive a check in the mail. It was from Massachusetts, state of Mass. <laughs> we both, the Holy Spirit was speaking to us both at the same time. So we receive that, yeah. whatever it might be, yeah. a million dollars or a penny. I'll I take it. it. Amen? I take it. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, sir. Glory to God. Thank you, David. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. I thank you for every single person. And for that individual who right now is concerned about something that's coming up this week or this month that you just don't have the funds for. God sees you. He sees your heart right now where you are. 
He sees you're concerned, and he's concerned because you're concerned, but he's worked it out for you. So don't get in fear about it. Just do what Mr. Eric said to do and just continue to thank him for bringing that money in. And you're going to see, you're going to have more than enough, more than enough. And Father, we thank you for more than enough in our lives. In Jesus' name, for every single person who's represented here, I thank you for your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. More than enough. Amen? Glory to God. More than enough. Bless the Lord. We had a wonderful time on Wednesday evening. Did we not? We had a good time. We had a wonderful time on Wednesday. It was just a, a blessing of the Lord to be able to come together. We got in our cars, and we did three cars this time. We took three cars, and we drove around. We got, I think we covered about 19 streets, it was, that we covered, and we prayed out different things about the different areas. One thing we noticed, there are a lot of beautiful houses in this town. If you've never seen and dri driven around Dighton, just go ahead and just drive around. My goodness, some of these houses were massive. We're like, Wow. But then, you know, as we're driving some of the, through past some of the houses, you just get like this loneliness just comes over you. And so, because, you know, we're going out listening to the Lord. And so just like a loneliness that comes over you. So we're just praying over that. We're just speaking out whatever it is that's coming out. We've had like divorce, uh, different things, rebellion, different things that came out. And, you know, when you drive by, you, you, you go, you know, I'm like, Lord, bless them. And I'm like, they look like they're blessed. <laughs> they're more blessed than I am, I think. You know, they have these mansions, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can be rich with money and poor with everything else. And so we just pray for the household. And we pray for families and children. We even got to go. It was on our route. Uh, Ivan went with us, Eric and myself. And we went to Dighton Rehoboth High School, and they had a concert that night, actually. And so it was full. And so we just drove onto the property, and we were able to pray and plead the blood of Jesus on the property. And so that was good. It was a, a joy to do that. But we thank God. We thank God for giving us this uh, strategy, and we're just going to continue to do it all through the summer. And this kind of serves, it helps us in two ways. Anybody ever been here in the summertime in this building when it was 90-something degrees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not fun. And so uh, we either have to have like a big swimming pool in here where we all just sit and study the word together or get in our cars and drive. So we'll be doing that for the summer. And we'll go around, uh, we'll switch routes, you know, if we, we'll just do different things and we'll do that for the summer. And uh, we're going to do what God told us to do as well as it serves that purpose too to keep us cool. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. So join us at uh, 7 o'clock. We go from 7. We leave wherever we are around 745 and come back here, meet together, share what we got, and then we go home. And it's a good time. It's a good time. Bless the Lord. So if you're in the area, come and join us. Bless the Lord. Uh, thank you, Mr. Eric. He used, like, some scriptures for my message today. <laughs> but that's okay. It's always good to hear, uh, you know, uh, the verses again. You know, and he said something. One of our values at the very beginning when he started, he talked about the Bible being the truth. And one of our values, in fact, it's one of the first ones on the list, is that the Bible is our standard. The Bible is our standard. And uh, we believe that one word from God can change our lives. So we teach the word, live the word, and we are changed by the word. That's, that's one of the values of this church. 
and so the Bible is God's word to us. And I'm just reminding us of that today because there's an opportunity for us to dismiss things that we don't understand or grasp with our understanding when we read the word of God. There's an opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, because the, the first way we've got to understand things of the spirit is by our spirit. That's how you first understand it. So to your natural mind, it doesn't make sense. Like he talked about tongues, you know, it doesn't make sense to tongues. And so it doesn't make sense to the natural physical mind. But it makes sense to your spirit. And that's how you receive the Bible first. I think a lot of times we get into trouble when we want to understand it fully with our natural mind. Because then we start digging in and trying to make it make sense and form something that we want it to form. When the word of God is meant to be understood first by our spirit. And then let your spirit show you and reveal to you in your natural mind the way you can understand it. Because then it will never be wrong. When the Holy Spirit is showing you, it will never be wrong. He leads you and guides you into all truth. The Bible doesn't just tell us truth. It is truth. It is truth. And this is the reason we need the person of the Holy Spirit, the one whom we are talking about and honoring this morning. He helps us uncover truth. That's what his job is. And I say this because some of the things we'll be talking about on Pentecost Sunday, uh, it has been very misunderstood and in some instances dismissed by individuals just simply because they don't understand it. Uh, Pentecost Sunday is celebrated seven Sundays after Easter. That's why we're doing it today. And so seven Sundays after Easter, and it's the day that commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the Christian church. Glory to God. In this church, we take the time to observe and celebrate it because it is a significant event in the life of a follower of Jesus. Pentecost Sunday is. It's a significant event in our lives. And it is uh, that way. Uh, and we're going to look at, that's why we celebrate it, but we're going to look at three life-changing benefits of Pentecost. That's what we're going to look at today. Three life-changing benefits of Pentecost. Uh, we've talked about before the two works of grace, and actually Eric just explained that to you. We talked about the two works of grace. Uh, if you go to our website, YouTube, or uh, Facebook, you can go to last year's message. We talked more in-depth last year about the events leading up to Pentecost, during Pentecost, and after, immediately after. So you can go back and, and listen to that. We're not going to repeat that. Uh, but uh, to fully understand the whole big picture, you've got to be looking at that. You've got to look at. We talked in depth about John chapter 20 uh, last year. John chapter 20 was the day that the disciples received the first work of grace. You can read about it. And uh, the day you receive Jesus into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. He came. And then you experience the first work of grace. Your spiritual interior was made new. The day you received Jesus and you said, come into my heart, whatever prayer you prayed, your spiritual interior, it wasn't just renovated. You didn't have a reno. 
It was made new. We read that in the word of God. We are a new creation, created in Christ. Now, again, to your natural mind, how in the world does that work? But your spirit gets it. Because if I was to ask you, are you saved and is Jesus living in you? Yes, he is. Your spirit understands it, but your mind goes, okay, how does the form of Jesus come and live on the inside? How does he make it? Your natural mind can't understand it, and it's, it's, it, that's how it's meant to be. Just grab it with your spirit and let your spirit know it. And you, you'll answer, yes, I know Jesus lives in me. You just know it. How do you know? I just know because <laughs> the Bible tells me so, right? And so uh, it, it's important that we understand that, the first work of grace. It's important that we do. Uh, that verse that I quoted was in 2 Corinthians 5.17 about being a new creation. And it was made new and fit, our spiritual interior, so much so that God wanted to come and live on the inside of us. That's how new the inside of us was made. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 6.19. You don't have to put it up, but you can read it when you get home. It talks about you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Made new to where God wanted to come. Hallelujah. And live in us. Now, this is a spiritual occurrence, so to the natural mind, <laughs> it doesn't confuse. But the Bible says this is what happens, so we believe it. Amen? Uh, I've said it before, just because it's the unseen realm doesn't make it the unreal realm. The unseen realm, the realm we originated from, is real as this realm is real, this physical realm. So... Uh, we need to make sure we remember that. Once you receive salvation and the Holy Spirit, there's another gift that's offered to you. And we call that the second work of grace. To fully understand the second work of grace, we're going to look at John chapter 14. So let's go over to John chapter 14. Now, John chapter 13 through 17 in the Gospels. You remember... Uh, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 is Jesus talking to the disciples. Well, Bible scholars have uh, determined that those chapters all happened at the same time on the same night when they were in the upper room. Chapters 13 to 17. Remember when Jesus washed their feet and when he served them communion. Those chapters happened all during that time. And so he took the time after communion and everything, then he came back around in his conversation to the Holy Spirit. He took the time to prepare them for his going away, his departure. And then he took, right after that, he told them, now I want to prepare you for something else. And he started to talk to them about the Holy Spirit. So let's read John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him 
because he lives with you now and later will be in you. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's reassuring those closest to him that they will not be alone when he leaves them. Remember, they were traveling with him all these three years. They built relationship and trust with him. And so now he's telling them, I'm leaving, but you won't be alone. And he begins to introduce them to the person of the Holy Spirit. Then we see Jesus giving the disciples further instruction. If you look at Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it's right after his death, burial, and resurrection. Right before he is taken into heaven or his ascension, he says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Yeah. Jesus is letting them know, now you're really close. Remember what I was talking to you, you know, a few nights ago? Now you're really close. It's almost here. He's almost here. Stay here in this town, you know, stay in Jerusalem, and it's going to happen. The promise that I promised you, it's going to happen. And what he's telling them is going to happen is that they are going to encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the second work of grace. Salvation is the first, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the second work of grace. And Jesus said what accompanies that is power. Hallelujah. The word power here is dunamis. And it describes explosive superhuman power that produces extraordinary and unparalleled results. Miraculous manifestations. He says that they would be endued with this dunamis. And the word endued in Greek, we just talked about it. It demonstrates someone putting on clothes. It, it, like they settle in and sink into clothes, a garment. And they're very comfortable in it. And that is how we are to be clothed and dressed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And be familiar and very comfortable flowing with him. Glory God. So now let's read Acts chapter 2. This is it right here. Ms. D talked about this this morning. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost, which means 50th, because it's the 50th day of the festival of weeks. It's also known as the festival of harvest. When, uh, so when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And verse 2, and suddenly or un unexpectedly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Not just the upper room, but the whole house was filled with this sound and movement right out of heaven. Remember, it doesn't say it was a wind. It was like the sound produced by a mighty wind. The Greek describes it as a deafening roar like the sea or like a sonic boom. Verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues, a flame-like appearance as a fire that represents the presence of God. And one sat upon each of them. Verse 4, and they were all, 
everyone, not one, was excluded, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. They received ability to speak or converse with other tongues, a language they were not familiar with, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory to God. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 5 tells us that others heard them too. They heard this sound. And they made their way outside, which that was miraculous in itself. They were doing a lot of hiding during these days, as you recall. <laughs> they were like, no, we're not going to be the ones that they say stole Jesus. I'm not going to be that girl. <laughs> so they stayed indoors a lot. Jesus had to appear to them and, and you know, they kind of were scared at times when he showed up. And so uh, they spent most of the time. So once Jesus uh, went to heaven and this happened, this got them thinking differently and acting differently. Now, again, our natural mind has a hard time understanding Acts chapter 2. I mean, has that ever happened to anybody here in church? Ever been in church where people started praying in tongues and the whole building shook and you heard a loud, no? <laughs> yeah, with our natural mind, it's hard to, you know, consider. Uh, because it's a supernatural occurrence, but it manifested in this physical arena, in this physical realm. But all who were present heard it, saw what happened, and they participated with it. No one in the room was excluded. And the first evidence that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit was that they spoke in tongues. That was the first evidence of it. Tongues always accompany the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the evidence that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is one thing, tongues is one thing that gets a lot of criticism in the church. Out of everything that we do in church, some, tongues seems to get a lot of heat. If you tell someone, oh, I go to church, they might ask you, oh, do you speak in tongues too? <laughs> and they're not asking because they want to know. <laughs> and, and so they can join in with you, right? So you hear people make fun of it. You hear it on TV too. And that's just simply because they don't understand it. That's the reason. If they understood it, they wouldn't criticize. But they don't understand it. And Jesus himself said they can't understand it. We just read that in John 14. They can't understand it. But you understand and you know. What's the difference? You received the first work of grace first. You received him first. And then he can show you more about how he operates. And so um, don't be surprised when you get persecuted for speaking in tongues They don't under, by your unsaved friends. They don't understand it. Maybe not talk to them about that part. Maybe talk to them about the first work of grace first. <laughs> yeah? Tongues is a spiritual weapon. And I believe that the reason some, even in the church, dismiss tongues is because the devil knows the power of speaking in tongues. And he's behind the persecution. When we speak in tongues, he's excluded. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. This is such a great verse. I love this verse. 
in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 12, it says, but it was to us. Paul's talking to the church. It was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. But verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Hallelujah. When we pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit uncovers and shows us the deep things of God, his very own thoughts included. Well, those who are without God, including the devil, don't have access to that. They don't have access to that. And so when we dismiss something that God has ordained, we deny ourselves of the power and the benefits of that. And so I don't want to dismiss the power that we get from praying in tongues. I don't want to dismiss that. I'm not going to be one that easily dismisses that. Amen? We don't do that. We fully embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen? Glory to God. Now, if you keep reading, and I recommend that you do in the book of Acts, you'll see that Peter, Jesus' disciple, was in the upper room, and he was baptized with the Holy Spirit and responded or yielded to the Holy Spirit. You'll see that Peter and the rest of the group went outside and continued to speak in tongues, and everyone heard them. And it was actually a miracle that took place because people heard them in their own tongue. Now, Peter did not speak the different languages of the people that came because they said they came from different places and there were different dialects, but they heard them. That was a miracle. That was a demonstration, probably one of the first demonstrations of the Holy Spirit we read about in the book of Acts through the church. Glory to God. And so... Uh, you'll, you'll see that. And then we see Peter boldly preaching. And this was the beginning of the church. And that's what we're a part of today. Now, there is boldness that comes when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that. Jesus said that you'd become bolder in Acts chapter 2. Uh, because prior to receiving it, like we said, they spent a lot of time indoors. But the 120 that were in there went outside after they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, though, if you think about it, was always bold. He was always bold. <laughs> he was, you know, the talker of the bunch. <laughs> Out of all the disciples, I think he was the boldest. He wasn't afraid to ask questions, share his opinions, even sometimes when it wasn't appropriate, <laughs> right? Uh, we see him in Matthew 14 getting out of the boat when no one else did, right? That was bold. We see him in the garden cutting off Malchus's ear. Very bold, <laughs> right? We even see him denying Jesus, and he did it boldly. He did it so boldly that Jesus himself heard him through his scourging. <laughs> Jesus turned in Luke 22 and 61. It says Jesus turned and looked at him after the third occurrence. Why? He was loud about his denial. Yeah. And so he was bold. So 
he had a bold personality prior to receiving and being baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit. So there's more to this than just to say we become bold when we receive the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. They were not filled with the Holy Spirit so they could go back to the life they were living B.C., before Christ. There was a change that took place within them, and it's the same change that takes place in each of us. So let's look at the three life-changing benefits of Pentecost. We'll go through this quickly. Pentecost is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say these are three benefits to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, not an exhaustive list. These are just three things that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight about himself to us today. Three things. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, number one, he helps us discover our spiritual calling. When we receive Jesus, our focus should change. We should become kingdom focused. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to become kingdom focused, kingdom minded. The 120 came out of hiding when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was no longer, what's going to happen to me if I go out there? They might get me. No. It was about what's the needs of the people on the street. It became 3,000 souls were saved and added to the church on that day. Why? Because they left the house. They got out of the house. And they got on the street. Why? Because the Holy Spirit led them to do that. They were led of the Holy Spirit to do that. And I love how 1 Peter says, uh, 1 Peter 1.18 in the message, it says, our life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. Once he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, Peter himself discovered what he was called to do. His focus changed and he found his path and his spiritual calling. Because remember, when Jesus died and resurrected the first time, what was Peter doing? He was fishing in the boat again. Jesus told him, you'll be fishers of men. But he went back to what he was familiar doing. He went back to, this was what I was doing, B.C. But when the Holy Spirit came, he didn't go back to Peter B.C. He didn't go back to that. He, he, he stepped into his calling. And so the Holy Spirit will help us do that. Amen? When we are filled and respond to the Holy Spirit, he'll lead us and guide us to that path on which God's plan unfolds for each of us. We all have a spiritual calling. You have a spiritual calling, each and every one of you. Ephesians 1.18 says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. Ephesians 4.4 says, there is one body and one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling that you received. We all have received a calling. And the Holy Spirit will help you discover what that is. If you're a follower of Jesus, I can assure you, because I've tried it, that unless you live in the calling 
that's on your life, your spiritual calling, you will be miserable and unfulfilled. You will. Once you know that you have a spiritual calling, you have the responsibility to experience that. And if you don't, you will feel very unsatisfied and very unfulfilled. And this is why we have young and old believers walking around unfulfilled, unsure, unsteady, unstable, because they've not discovered their spiritual calling. A lot go through the motions. And so we were not saved and filled with the Holy Spirit to live our lives the way we lived before we received Jesus. We weren't. That old life is gone. Our spiritual interior changed. And the work that we do to renew our minds every day helps to change what's on the outside. <laughs> That's where the work is for us. Glory to God. And so Philippians 3.3 talks about pursuing the upward call or the higher calling. You've been called to live a higher life. And once you are filled with the Holy Spirit and as you respond to him, he will help you discover your spiritual calling. He'll show you the path on which God's plan will unfold for you. Psalm 1611 says, you show me the path of life. The message says, now you've got my feet on the life path. Amen. And it doesn't, when we say spiritual calling, a lot of people think, I'm not a pastor or a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. No, that's the fivefold ministry. That's what that is. That's separate here. That's part of my spiritual calling, but I'm called the same way you are. We all have a spiritual calling. It's a, part of it is to live right. Okay. So the second thing that the Holy Spirit does, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he helps us to walk in our spiritual calling. He'll help us discover it when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and he'll help us get on that path. He'll show us here's a path, and then he'll help us walk that path out. We talked about the path of the righteous, a few weeks ago. And that path looks different than the path of the unrighteous. Amen? And one of the reasons it does is because of the one who leads us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Eric read Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Holy Spirit helps us walk in our spiritual calling. He'll make us aware of things that we need to know that pertain to our walk, you know, our spiritual calling. He'll help us know the things that we need to know daily in our lives. Hallelujah. We just read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 to 12, how the Spirit of God reveals the deep things of God, how he reveals even God's thoughts. Well, he'll tell you God's thoughts concerning you concerning your spiritual call, concerning the things that he wants you to do, concerning the things he has set aside just for you. He'll show you how to obtain those things. When we pray in tongues, we can pray out our future. That's one of the things that we can pray. We receive inside information. Jesus told us that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. 
And that's why the devil hates it and deceives people so they dismiss it and they speak against it because there's so much power in tongues. Hallelujah. John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. So we don't have to live in the dark or be caught unaware as we walk in our spiritual calling because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the third thing, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and one of the benefits of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit gives us power to overcome the challenges we face as we walk in our spiritual calling. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. This is just, I love this verse. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make a special request for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge. Hallelujah. Of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. You hear people say that, you know, God is a mystery. And he has mysterious ways. God works in mysterious ways. Well, to those who don't know him, it will be mysterious. But if you have a close fellowship, a close relationship with him, it should be clear. We complicate it. It's, he is clear to us. He's not ambiguous. He's clear. He's clear. The knowledge of his will is clear. Well, I don't know if it be your will Find out what his will is. I can tell you his will is healing and health and everything that's in his word is his will. You can know the will of God for your life. That's a statement that some will tell you is not true. Can you believe that? That to me is clear as Maria Murphy is my name. I can know the will of God. I can clearly know what his will is and I can walk and fulfill the purposes that he has for me. Clearly. Clearly. And that's what he desires because I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have his own spirit in me. And his own spirit knows him and knows his thoughts. Hallelujah. And he reveals those. He doesn't withhold any information that I need to walk out my life successfully. He releases that information to me if I'll sit and try to hear it. You know what I mean. If I'm willing to sit and listen, he'll tell me. And he's real clear about it. I thank God he speaks to me in like an eighth grade level of understanding. Because it would go, whoop. I'd be like, birds chirping, huh? He's very, he knows how I am. I'm simple. When it, you better break it down so I can understand it. I love.
was talking to people who know their stuff. We were talking to a, a licensed uh, therapist, and he's a, a researcher. He's a researcher when it comes to the mind and to, like, your brain and how it works. And he's over there explaining this to us, how trauma works in an individual and how, you know, how it all works and how the mind receives that. By the time he got done, I felt like I could go teach a room full of people how the mind works and how the brain, because he, he broke it down so Maria could understand this. Why? Because he knows his stuff. He really knows it. And if you really know it, you don't do it up here to show everybody, I know this much. No, you want everybody to understand it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's not withholding. He wants you to know God. He wants you to know your father so well. So he doesn't withhold any information for you that you need. He won't withhold it from you. He will give you that information. So that way you can receive it and know God. He wants you to have full knowledge of your father and the character trait that you need that day. <laughs> He'll reveal that to you. Amen. And so verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's possible. Some people are like, well, I, I'm going to mess that. It, you can walk in a manner that's fully worthy of your calling, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things. That desire doesn't come first to your natural mind. It starts again in your spirit. You've got to receive this first in your spirit and then continue to work that word, work that word until you become that, you become it, hallelujah. In a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing. Woo, the Christian life is a life of growth, Amen. It's a life that we grow and increase every day of our lives. And that is what the Holy Spirit helps us to do. He helps us grow and increase in the knowledge of our Father and His ways so we can fully please Him. The knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. Glory to God. Glory to God. Again, we read in 1 Corinthians 2 that it's the Spirit of God that uncovers and gives us understanding into the deep things of God. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we can fully understand and discern spiritual things. And he empowers us to conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of our spiritual calling. Amen. Glory to God. We're going to face opposition and challenges on this earth, especially if we're living for God. But Jesus said we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we <laughs> will be endued or clothed with dunamis, with power, explosive, superhuman power that produces extraordinary results in our lives. Glory to God. That means we overcome. Amen? Peter, by the Holy Spirit, prophesied in First and Second Peter about opposition and challenges that we'll face even in the time that we're in right now. The Holy Spirit showed him that. That's one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do, show you things which are to come. 
And so Peter prophesied in 2 uh, Peter verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him. It's about knowing him who called us by and to his own glory in excellence. Hallelujah, we've been called. The message of verse, chapter, uh, verse three and four says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately who? The one who invited us to God. Who's that? The precious Holy Spirit. He's the one who directed you to Jesus. He's the one. Oh, how I love him. I'm so grateful that he empowers us to overcome and fulfill the plan of God. Amen? Glory to God. I'm so grateful for Pentecost Sunday, aren't you? I'm so grateful the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues has changed my life. Has it changed yours? Hallelujah. It can continue to do that until Jesus comes. Amen. We learn something new every day if we want to. It's available to us to learn. You know, there are a ton of books in the library, a ton on every subject. If I was interested in learning about anything, I don't care what the subject is, I can go to the library. I can sit and I can read. And I forget who it was that said, if you just study one hour a day for five years, one hour a day for five years consistently, you can become an expert in that subject. I've seen people do it. No education, dropped out of school, and are billionaires today. I've seen them. Why? Because they took one thing and studied it one hour a day or more for five years, and now they're experts in that study. They know more than the people who went to school for it because they've studied it more, and they're practicing it more. They didn't just learn it so they could tell somebody else or show somebody else. They're doing it. The Holy Spirit can show you everything you need to know about your father and your pursuit of your spiritual calling. He can show you every step that you need to take. He can show you the challenges that you're about to face. He can tell you the way you need to turn. He can tell you the things to say or not to say. The Holy Spirit can reveal all those things to you. If I don't go to the library and pick out a book and check it out and bring it home, that 